Refugee Radio, 855 AM 3CR. Hi, this is Rafiv Ziada and you're listening to 3CR, pro-Palestinian, happily proud radio. Welcome to Refugee Radio this week on 3CR. Refugee Radio broadcasts from the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people, the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging and their ongoing struggle. This week on Refugee Radio, we're going to be talking to Abdul from Rise Refugee. You can look up about Rise on riserefugee.org and Rise stands for Refugees, Survivors and Ex-Detainees. We'll be starting with Abdul telling us a bit about himself and his experiences. Then we have a society here in which we celebrate, uh, celebrate our defeat, celebrate that our failed incursions or adventures to nations thousands of miles away uh, that we want to change their, uh, the governments or the, want to invade them. And when they fight, and even our, our own people, our own army men, young people, young Australians, they die. And we have, every year, we celebrate that. Yes. And, and then we have, you know, most, trust me, I, I, I'm against military, militarism yes. in, in Pakistan too, and I believe once you have a tool, you, you, you will find the ways to use it. Yes. Whether rightly or wrongly. And we have Iraq war, and I believe all wars are wrong. And if there is at some stage in, in, in future, far future or near future, there are some just uh, uh, departments and just investigations done. Most of the wars are fought for some kind of, uh, you know, uh, advantage, uh, sometime indirectly or proxy or something. Mm-hmm. But you and me, you and me remember that America, Britain, Australia, they have admitted, accepted that we went into Iraq on falsified mm. uh, basis that, that there were some weapons of mass destruction. Now, they, they accept that, oh, that was wrong. But they do not go further that, oh, because of that wrong war, there are millions of people are murdered, slaughtered, killed. Uh, and millions of them are injured for good. They, they, you know, the depleted uranium has been used. The, their offsprings will, will, will bear the consequences of those horrible things and utilized and used in that war. Yes. And then, then you have got millions of people pushed out of that country. And that is happening still today. And then we have an audacity to say that, oh, refugees are asylum seekers. Oh, ask anybody. You know, my, my heart bleeds. You know, we wish we could help them. But this issue is too complicated. And they are in 70 million people. They are stateless. Mm. Nobody. I have not so far seen any journalist 
any person with any the, the, the tiniest grain of shame and and you know obligation a professional obligation to question these people okay you're admitting that it was it was a war we went in on a false information was wrong and we went and we we demolished that country and we killed millions and we injured millions and we we have forced millions of them what about having a little inquiry and accept those millions of people accept all those murders and accept all those injuries and accept all those uh, people pushed pushed out of their homeland mm. giving them a new life mm. and, and at least be a, be a little a reasonable person to say okay we did this wrong and now we have this moral obligation to accept them and try to we cannot bring back the murdered people we cannot undo mm. the damages in in shape of physical and and, and psychological uh, damages we have we have caused but we can do at least you know take out of those 70 million maybe there are there are 10 million people from iraq let's take them but but we have such a shameless uh, standards here you have got you've got 200 people or 2000 people come to this country and we can put them into the prison even though they are found to be inverted commas mm. genuine refugees mm. and they are, they are they are they are confirmed by UNHCR they are confirmed by our own stupid standards which are uh, systemic shit uh, and we have our highest court rules that it is legal to detain people even if it means for rest of their life this is this is a morality this is what we should be ashamed of for celebrating that oh yeah hooray we are a good citizen of this beautiful planet i have seen i have not seen this debate happening on any television i have not mm. seen anybody has written any article about it or anybody questions that and, and i have come across with a lot of people they still today is all oh, the dropping of atomic bomb atom bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki was necessary evil what about a little apology yes what about a little saying okay it was done by some uh, stupid forefathers it was beyond our control we <laughs> condemn that what about then then to have a face say okay you know we are so full of i've seen this uh the Afghan war interruption in the interference into in my area where I am from Pakistan and it started happening before my eyes I was a young student when all this started happening and one of our very loved prime minister in the history of Pakistan who was elected a socialist and we saw him removed by the military and hacked um there's no case but the only reason was this that he wouldn't give a free hand to the western world to go and sit and have sit in our country 
and you know turn into the tour of battleground or and then you know get into Afghanistan oh they wanted to get rid of Russia or to finish the Cold War hmm. or because they were spending like two trillion dollar every year to to confront this Cold War or and and consequently they got rid of Russia and from where they got rid of it from Afghanistan from Pakistan what happened to these are uh, beautiful very developing nations you know we are talking about early 70s we are now in 2020 towards the end of it mm. and and then we say oh they're poor people they can't control little things you know the poverty oh blah oh they're animals yeah good yeah all these way they 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 kill in the name of allah and and how come you you blame these people you train these people there is i mean i i request you do a little research you'll find out the margaret teacher leading these these barbaric bastards into the chants of allah akbar and you will see you know the videos still available of Ronald Reagan you know uh, receiving the delegates of those mujahideen into a oval office and and making a speech telling them you guys are like our forefathers fighting for your freedom and blah this you created those monsters nobody denies that Osama bin Laden was trained by CIA mm. they turned them into Taliban they turned them into al qaeda they turned them into isis unbelievable mm. and and we buy blindly all this shit from these machines of lying you know they they're machines they uh, you know my my young age uh, i was like you know we were into the socialist kind of stuff let's change the pakistan you know let's give people equal rights and everywhere the women the, the, the you know bring down that 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 structure which was constructed by the british colonial mm. colonialism or you know they wanted to be there for million years yes. and those bloody feudal lords supported and you know what do you call rewarded awarded by the uh, the monarchy Let's, let's bring them down and i was so happy it's so promising that things are going to change and people will have at least a reasonable chance to have a have a positive go at life mm. and be be a positive contributor of this beautiful human race mm. but then then you see all these things just coming down oh we have to because this is good for Uh, if if this cold war finishes it is good and then you see the bush the senior writing book and all those bullshit things that all oh, we need to redraw and we have to have a new world order can i ask But, you abdul about your involvement in rise uh, yeah yeah i i did told you that i i actually when i came out of detention i was i mean i created or made a little group among asylum seekers started a little democracy and you know uh, have an election and elect representatives or 
the people who could speak on their behalf instead of a uh, hundred people speaking at once. So mm-hmm. I got elected as asylum seekers representative. We tried, those were the days when nobody knew that people are detained in city of Melbourne and there were nobody visiting them. So we started creating and crafting a little ways and means to send out the info and ask people to come and visit and help. From there on, I met the guy who is a CEO and creator of Asylum Seekers Resource Center, Mr. Paul. And he used to visit him. We were able to get a lot of help. Um, Then we were able to get help from the lawyers sitting outside who didn't visit Judith Burnside's wife visited us. Uh, Tim Costello's wife visited us. Consequently, subsequently, they bring their husbands to the detention as well, like Tim Costello, Julian Burnside. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of artists, writers, you know, the, the designers of the fashion industry, of actors. And they started visiting, so we created a little group of people. So once the people are out and the detention center, out of detention to bring them out there was a you wouldn't believe that uh, if, if you're eligible that you can be given a bridging visa mm-hmm. then they needed a bond money it is a kind of thing that uh, you don't have money you, you can't you don't have a freedom so mm-hmm. the visiting people the great people i will always remember and admire and love they were able to collect money so that we were able to get people out one by one, you know, maybe two people, three people, and twos, threes, and fours. So people, we started buying their freedom. And that wasn't a good thing. Mm. <laughs> I, was, I was told by the department and that I shouldn't be doing this. Mm. This is illegal. Um, and I could be charged. Um, I remember saying to one of the ladies that, okay, that you charge me so I'll have at least little understanding that I have done something wrong to mm. in prison. But coming out of there, I went everywhere. I was very full of optimism that I would explain every organization. There, there were a lot of organizations that I think Namely, at that time, maybe 20 to 30 mm-hmm. organizations were formed that they basically created to help refugees and asylum seekers. And I thought that I would ask them to come together on one point agenda of refugees and asylum seekers. That didn't happen and will not happen because I, I, I believe they, those are little... It's a maybe a harsh word, interest group, so they have their own little business plan or something, model. Yes. So nobody, nobody, till date, nobody has united mm-hmm. in this. Um, and uh, ironically, if you see all these refugee and asylum seekers organizations, in decision making, there is no one asylum seeker or refugee is involved. 
Decision is always made by uh, a board of directors, and they are uh, none of them is is, is a is a refugee. Mm-hmm. Or if there is one or two, so there are a lot of questions could be raised and asked. Um, but I, to my knowledge, till date, no refugees in the decision making. Like we have this. Um, Aborigines, this land we sit on mm. and live on, that belongs to a group of people. We call them Aborigines, the the real owners. Until date, you know, we we decide what is good for them, and we we sell that stuff out to the nation that this is good for them, how good we are, we're doing this for them. Uh, I believe that the people should be able to make the decisions or what is good for them. Yes. So after getting decided, when I came out from all organizations that they want to, they have their own show. Mm-hmm. And I was just going into the protests outside and in the city. But I believe that people will never be united in this struggle. The governments will be given a free hand to do whatever they do. Not to, not to confront government's authority. Groups are found to somehow, sometime, uh, invite them to reflect on their policies because in the result of their policies, it may will happen that in future, if there is a fair uh, inquiries, like we we have a lot of um, royal commissions happening, mm-hmm. and in the royal commissions, it's always found that things were not done properly. So then there are recommendations and blah blah blah. Yeah. So. I believe firm. I believe firmly. If if any inquiry will take place, whenever it will take place, I believe it will take place because it's not few hundred people. It is thousands of people been treated in a way we shouldn't have been treated. You have a prime ex prime minister is still alive, Mr. John Howard. Our media given him free hands, he was allowed to say that, you know, these, what kind of people will throw their children overboard? And the person who was then um, commander of uh, naval forces or whatever, that who was mm-hmm. in charge of what it was, what was exactly, exactly happening, uh, what happened. He came out uh, after a week or so to say that, oh, that is not what happened. But it was allowed to publish, propagate in the people that they're terrible people. In order to get to Australia, they can even chuck their kids out overboard. Mm. And then there is, or then they say, oh, I received, uh, I received that information. That wasn't correct. That's it. But, Systemically, it tarnished, damaged the view people in communities sees asylum seekers coming to Australia. It is also on record that John Howard at some stage said that, oh, 
I wouldn't want them in my backyard or my, in my neighborhood. That forms a, a view, you know, that's inciting a little dirty nonsense. It's people are people, you know. People could have a different color, different belief system, different language or mm. culture. That does not make them monster. Mm. We are like more than seven billion people on this planet. Exactly. And then, then you say that, oh, uh, Corona right happens, or I didn't say that. We we condemn that. Mm. But you prepare. You actually, you know, propagate this thing. You inject this nonsense in people's mind. This poison, and and then it grows up in a bigger tree and it starts giving fruit. Mm. Uh, so this, so this, this is a big story anyway. Um, <laughs> but when I came out of detention, I tried to put people together, ask people, um, mm -hmm. no one to put them together, but you can request, <laughs> like I can request you. Yes. Um, that please see things from different angles as well. So people decided, no, no, no. This is not in our interest. So all decided not to say yes or no. Uh, and I give up this hope that a group of people could be formed as a, as a pressure group. And when there are a number of people, you can question or ask government, please, review your policies. You're hurting people. Yes. In thousands. That didn't happen. But in, at some stage... Maybe 2011 or 10, I uh, read something, maybe it was on Facebook, that there's a rise for refugees. And they, it was winter started, that they're in need of um, um, jackets and clothes, warm clothes. So I have had maybe six jackets over the years. You know, you, you buy this and you keep this. And so I thought, oh, this is a better way to uh, share them. So yes. I took maybe most of them and some clothes and shoes, which were more than my requirement. I went and that's how I met Ramesh and Madoni Gale and have had chat to ask them what, why, and all those kind of things. And I was kind of uh, uh, surprise and in a, in, a, in a positive way mm. that at least this is something established by an ex-detainee and refugee. Uh, so then I started going there periodically, you know, maybe once a month or three months or six months. Mm. So slowly, you know, they started asking, you know, what's your experience and, you know, we have this case or this group of people. So they will call me and I'll go and tell them what I believe and know and this could be done or um, new few people to take them here and there. So that that's how I got involved. And they, at later stage, asked me would I be their spokesperson. I said, yeah. So I'll become their spokesperson. <laughs> then they say, oh, we would like you to be, uh, fill the form to, so that maybe other people may, uh, will uh, recommend you, suggest you, vote you. We 
will have you as a director. So I did that as well. So that's my story, how I got involved. On the 23rd of September, there's going to be the Extra Tainees Day, which was started by RISE. Uh, yeah. Can you tell people what, what that means, what it is? The discussion you and me have had since the beginning, we as the unique organisation of Australia, which is established and, and run by, uh, governed by the ex-detainees and mm-hmm. asylum seekers, the decisions are made only by ex-detainees. We have some um, volunteers as well, which is a great asset of, of um, our small organisation. Yes. Um, we were going, I mean, I personally believe in, in you know, outside gathering, you know, you can you can have a play card, you can write things, you can talk to people, you can distribute your leaflets. We didn't have much of uh, the resources, but uh, wherever, wherever there was a chance for me to speak to the media or, or any individual or anybody, uh, I was doing that. Yes. So there was a International Refugee Days. Uh, so we have had uh, connections, contacts um, beyond Australia with ex-JDs and asylum seekers in Europe and, and other places. So we started thinking that we should highlight uh, the issues and, and make demands as an ex-detainee organization, ex-detainees uh, and asylum seekers organization. But what we are and what we are actually ask, we come up uh, with this thing that we should have a, a specific day in the year that should be celebrated or that should be talked. And then we come up with our uh, demand, these 10 demands. You know, everybody full of rage and anger, like, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be able to segregate things, you know, what to ask or ask everything, you know, the history and blah, it's too much that you can write books. So we were able to uh, sort through uh, all the things, 10 demands. Yes. So I, I request you or anybody who is uh, within your influence to go through them. So that's that's how we come with the ex-detainees day and the demands, mm-hmm. and that was agreed upon by our friends in other places other than Australia. Okay, so it was a global effort. Yeah, it was. It, it, it was a, a joint effort and it took us a few months to uh, agree on uh, the day and date yep. once a year and, and uh, draft those 10 demands. Mm-hmm. As I said, um, in the beginning, there were like 20 pages of uh, these demands and things. Mm-hmm. We come down to 10 demands, yeah. which are reasonable. Each of those demands could be explained in detail, but yes. we tried to just write like, you know, like you have a bullet, bullet points. So the first one is to end detention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like with a little bit uh, explanation. Yes. And as well, a little bit, not too much. But uh, anybody is welcome to ask us to explain more. We will. We are more than happy to do that. Yeah. 
thank you for chatting with us. You're very welcome. And you've been listening to an interview with Abdul from Rise Refugee and you can look up their information on riserefugee.org. You can also look up the 10 demands which we were discussing in the interview. And they also have a crowdfunder to raise money for a food van uh, so their food bank can keep delivering goods and foods to people throughout these restrictions. So if you go to gofundme.com and look up Rise Food Truck and you can donate there. And keep up to date with all the activities and the campaign going on for the Ex-Detainees Day on the 23rd of September. And you've been listening to Refugee Radio on 3CR. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio. 855 AM.